we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Urgency of Change. This podcast is the fifth in the new season of the Krishnamurti podcast. Each weekly episode is based on a major theme of Krishnamurti's teachings, such as self-knowledge, authority, beauty and meditation. Extracts from our extensive archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is time. Upcoming themes are freedom, change and consciousness. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please see our official YouTube channel for hundreds of video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's full talks and extracts. We are a non-profit charity and rely on your support to continue to preserve and make Krishnamurti's work available. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving a review. This week's podcast has four sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's first talk in Rajgat, 1984, titled The Future is Now. So there is time is yesterday, time is now, time is the future, right? So time is a movement from the past to the present to the future. So time is a series of movements, right? <clears throat> so evolution is time. And we have lived on this earth for 50,000 years as Homo sapiens, man. <coughs> And during those fifty, during that long duration of fifty thousand years, <coughs> we have been what we have in the past. Now, right? Slightly modified. They were selfish then. We are selfish now. So, what is the past? What is the past? All your memories, aren't they? Right? All that you have acquired, all that you have felt, all that you have, the things that you have hurt you, both biologically as well as psychologically. Right? The past is memory, isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? 
You're quite sure? You're all so hesitant. The past is your father, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, up and up and up, or down and down, if you like. The past is all that accumulated memory of whole race, the community, the family, the one in the family. It's all that memory, which includes tradition, knowledge, practice, and all that, the skill, that's the past. And what is the present? Is not the present modified past? The past meeting the present, the challenge, modifies itself, right? Or controls the present and goes on. So the past modifying itself with the, in the present goes on. So the past goes on modifying itself all the time. But it's still the past. Right? No? The past modifying itself becomes the future. The future, therefore, is now. Because the past modify itself in the future. So the future is now. No? Look, sir, if one is envious, you might modify it. In, uh, suppose I'm envious, because you have a better house, better car, better position. I'm envious of you. <coughs> and. I struggle with it, but tomorrow I'll still be envious, right? No? Unless I change now, tomorrow is still envy, right, sir? So tomorrow is now, unless I change. Right? The future is in the present. Right? I am envious now, and I will be envious tomorrow. Tomorrow is the future. And if I am envious now, I will be envious tomorrow. But if I stop envy, to, therefore tomorrow is now. For God's sake, see this. So, is it possible to end envy now? You don't think about this. I am violent now, hmm? as most human beings are violent. They talk about peace and all that blah and all that nonsense, but human beings are very violent. Right? It's shown. There is no question about it. Now, 
Non-violence is in the future, right? Because you are violent now. Therefore, non-violence has no meaning. Can you stop violence now? If you don't stop it now, <coughs> tomorrow you will be violent. So tomorrow is now. Right? So is it possible to end time, which is tomorrow, now? I am violent. If I cannot end violence instantly now, I will be violent tomorrow, slightly modified, but I will be still violent. And humanity has said, will gradually become violent, less violent, which is nonsense. So can you end everything now? Say you are attached, as you are, attached to your belief, to your gods, <coughs> to your family, to your attached, you know, hold on. If you are attached today, you will be attached tomorrow, naturally, right? Unless death comes and says, sorry, old boy, that's the end of it. I know you believe in reincarnation, that's a different matter. But even death comes and says, sorry, you can't carry other things with you. You have to drop it. And so, can you drop attachment now? To be utterly free of attachment to your belief, to your gods, to your everything you are attached to. Otherwise, tomorrow you'll still be attached. So change is not through gradation, through gradual time. Change is instant, immediate. That is freedom not to achieve freedom next life or two years later. This requires a great deal of application to your daily life. <coughs> Therefore your ideas, your theories, your ideals have no meaning. You believe in non-violence, don't you? Huh? <laughs> but you're all terribly violent people. So what does belief in an ideal matter at all? It has no meaning. What has meaning is what you are now, and that 
can be changed instantly, not tomorrow, because tomorrow is now. The second extract is from the third talk in Ojai, 1980, titled Your Consciousness is the Essence of Time. Our question is, thought is the movement in time, right? Thought is based on memory, which is the past, the past with all its conclusions, ideas, beliefs, images, from that past, the present, the, uh, the past meets the present and the future, right? There's this constant modification going on. That is time. Right? There is not only chronological time by the watch, but also by the day, light and night and day, but also there is psychological time. Right? I will be. When you say I will be, that's time. I must become something, that's time. I am not good, but I will be good. That's time. And time is also thought. Right? Time as day and night, time when you have to go and catch the bus, time to acquire knowledge, to learn a language, time to acquire any kind of technological knowledge to act skillfully to earn a livelihood, all that is time, requires time. Psychologically, inwardly, we have also have this idea of time. Right? I am not, but I will be. I am confused, I will go to the analyst, he will help me. Time. So psychologically, we have cultivated this idea of time. Right? So time is a movement from here to there. Psychologically also it's a movement from here to there. So thought is time. Right? This is important to understand because our brain has 
is the is the essence of time. And we are functioning psychologically in that pattern. I will have pleasure. I remember being happy, having marvellous experience, this or that, and I must have more. This constant becoming right, is time. Now we are asking, is that an actuality or a fiction or an illusion psychologically? Alright, sir. Are we getting tired? This is too much from you on this. We are saying time as Time is necessary in the acquisition of knowledge, of various kinds, many kinds. Now, is time necessary to end something psychologically? You follow it? That is, psychologically, I am, I have fear. Most human beings have fear. And they have had this fear psychologically, probably from the very beginning of time. From the very beginning of psychological time. Right? And we haven't resolved it. Not only are we frightened of physical pain and so on physically, but psychologically we are also we have great fears of getting hurt, getting bruised, wounded, psychologically, because we have, from childhood, we have been hurt, and so on. So, our brain functions in time. And so, it has never resolved any of the problems. I wonder if you made it. If I say to myself, I will get over my fear, actually what takes place is, I am still frightened at the end of it. I exercise will, control it, escape from it, and so on, so on, so on. And so I've never, human beings have never resolved this problem of fear. And we are saying, as long as we think in patterns of time, psychologically, fear will continue. Is this clear? So, we are saying, K 
can this thing called fear be ended immediately? Now let me take another. I won't. Fear is rather a complex problem, which will go into perhaps tomorrow or another talk. Take, for instance, dependence, psychological dependence. Human beings have cultivated this because they are afraid to be alone, they are afraid to be lonely. They want comfort. They want. They feel sustained if they depend on somebody, because in themselves they are insufficient psychologically. Therefore, clinging to somebody, a religious image or a personal image, and so on, clinging to somebody. Now, that has been the pattern of the human mind, cultivated through time. The consequences of dependence is fear, anxiety, jealousy, hatred, antagonism, all that follows. In that pattern we have lived, right? Now, to end that pattern immediately is a question. Because the moment when you admit time, I will end late, you have admitted moving away from the fact. Right? The fact is, one is dependent. Now, can Without admitting time, you understand, I will get over it, end it, immediately. You have broken the pattern of time. You are following this? Are you working as hard as I am working for you? That is, sir, observe how much how you are dependent on another, psychologically. All the remembrance, all the pictures, the images and so on, dependent. And our brain has been used to the pattern of time, because it has grown with time. So it has exercised an act of will, I will. And that means avoiding the fact. Now when one understands, not intellectually or verbally, but actually sees the fact how the brain works in time and therefore never resolves, and you see the urgency of not depending is ended. When you end something, a new thing begins. Right? 
Now we thinking together, or are you merely listening to the talk of a speaker and then saying, yes, I don't quite understand what he's talking about. He talks about this and that, which means you really are not thinking about the problem which is your problem, the problem of humanity, the problem which is to bring about a totally different kind of society. So is it possible to end your antagonism, your hatred, your jealousy, you immediately, so that the brain has broken the pattern and can think and can act and look and observe totally differently. I want to forget this. So this is meditation. You understand? Not all the phony stuff that you've been talked about. To meditate, which means to observe how your mind operates, not what the psychologists have told you, how your mind operates. Freud and all the rest of the gang. But to observe for yourself, because you are responsible for yourself, for your body, for your mind, for your thoughts. So can you Observe the whole content of your consciousness. You understand? Am I making this too difficult, sirs? I don't know. Would you tell me a little bit? Am I making this too difficult? Your consciousness is full of the things that thought has created. Right? Your anxieties, your beliefs, your gods, your saviors, your Krishnas, you follow? All that has been created by thought. So your consciousness is the essence of time. My gosh, you will get it. And we are living, functioning, acting in that. And therefore there is never a radical psychological change. And therefore society can never be good. Goodness is not the opposite of bad, right? 
if it is not good. Love is not the opposite of hate, right? If it is, it is still hate. The third extract is from the fourth talk at Brockwood, 1973, titled Thought is Time as Movement. Unless time has a stop, you cannot, the mind cannot perceive anything sacred, anything new. So we must inquire whether thought has any relationship to time, and what is time? Because it's very important, this. There is obviously the time by the watch, the day yesterday, today and tomorrow. Planning, going from here to there, planning to do certain things, to learn a language, to learn how to drive a car, to do any technological work, you must have time. You must have time to do yoga properly. I'm, you know what that word means? which you all practice, some of you do, I see, doing some crazy things under trees. Do <laughs> you know what that word means? It means to join. Yoking together, yoking an oxen, two oxen, to join. I'm sure it means something entirely different, because they have translated as joining to the body and the soul, the Atman, the higher self, and the lower self. And to do that, you must do proper breathing, exercise, you know, all that business a false conception of division and then the joining. You understand? And it may mean, really, a sense of total harmony. But that's... So we are investigating what time is, because without understanding that, when, if the mind is not free of time, it cannot possibly look into something which is timeless, which is maybe sacred. You understand? So I'm, the mind must clearly understand what time is. All this is meditation, you understand, not just one part, the whole of this morning's talk is the movement in meditation. 
What is time apart from the chronological time? Time is movement from here to there, psychologically, as well as physically from here to that house. So the movement between this and that is time. The space between this and that, the covering of that is time, the movement to that is time. So all movement is time. Hmm? Both physically, going from here, to uh, Paris, New York, whatever you will, wherever you will, requires time. And also, psychologically, to change what is into what should be requires time, the movement. At least we think so. So time is movement in space created by thought as this and achieving that. Thought then is time. Thought is movement in time. Come on, sirs. Does this mean anything to any of you? Uh, you? You're coming, we are journeying together. I'll go on, I won't ask anymore. <laughs> Please, this requires tremendous attention, care, a sense of non-personal, non-pleasurable, where desire doesn't enter into it at all. That requires great care, and that care brings its own order, which is its own discipline. So, thought is movement between what is and what should be. Thought is time to cover that space. And as long as there is the division between this and that, psychologically, the movement is time of thought. So thought is time as movement. Right? And is there time as movement, as thought, when there is only observation of what is? <laughs> 
which is the observation as the observer and the observed. Not as the observer and the observed, but only the observation, without the movement of going beyond what is. Are you getting this? Are you all paralysed? Because <laughs> it's very important for the mind to understand this. Because ta- ta- thought can create most marvellous images of, of that which is sacred and holy. Which you, all religions have done. All religions are based on thought. All religions are the organisation of thought in belief, in dogma, in ritual. So unless there is complete understanding of this thought as time and movement, you, the mind cannot possibly go beyond itself. As we said, we are trained, educated, drilled into changing what is into what should be. The ideal. And the word ideal comes from the word idea, which means to see, only that, not draw an abstraction from what you see, but actually remain with what you see. So we are trained to change what is into what should be. That training is the movement of thought to cover the space between what is and what should be, and that takes time. That whole movement of thought in space is time necessary to change what is to what should be? The observer is the observed, therefore there is nothing to change. You won't get it. I'll, I'll go on. I'll keep my eyes shut because I'll go on. Hmm? Because there is only what is. The observer doesn't know how to, what to do with what is. Therefore, he tries various methods of, to change what is, controls what is, tries to suppress actually what is. But, what, but the observer is the observed. The what is is the observer. Like anger, jealousy come exists. Jealousy is the is also the observer. There isn't jealousy isn't separate from the observer. Both are one. So 
when there is no movement to change what is, you understand, movement as thought in time, when thought perceives that there is no possibility of changing what is, then that which is what is ceases entirely because the observer is the observed. You go into this very deeply, you will see it yourself. It's really quite simple. I dislike someone. So the dislike is different from me and the you. The entity that dislikes is dislike itself, it is not separate. And when thought says, I must get over my dislike, then it is movement in time to get over that which actually is, which is created by thought. So the observer, the entity, and the thing called dislike are the same. Therefore, there is complete immobility. which is not the immobility of statism, it is completely motionless, therefore completely silent. So time as movement, time as thought achieving a result, has come totally to an end. Therefore, action is instantaneous. So the mind has laid the foundation and is free from disorder. Therefore there is the flowering and the beauty of virtue that is the basis. And in that foundation is the relationship between you and another. In that relationship there is no activity of image, there is only relationship, not the image adjusting itself to the other image. And there is only what is, and not the changing of what is. The changing of what is or transforming what is is the movement of is the movement of thought in time.
then when you have come to that point the mind and the brain cells also become totally still the brain which holds the memories experiences knowledge can and must function in the field of the known but now the mind that brain is free from the activity of time and thought then the mind is completely still all this takes place without effort all this must take place without any sense of discipline control all that belongs to disorder you know what we are saying is something totally different from what your gurus your Um, masters, your Zen philosophy, your all that, because in this there is no authority. There is no following another. Because if you follow somebody, you are not only destroying yourself but also the other. Therefore, a religious mind has no authority. whatsoever but it has got intelligence and it applies that intelligence where in the world of action there is authority of the doctor the scientist the man who teaches you how to drive otherwise there is no authority there is no guru so the mind then if you have gone as deeply as that then the mind having established order in relationship and that order is virtue then understanding the whole complex disorder of our lives of our daily lives and in the comprehension in the awareness of that disorder in which there is no choice out of that comes beauty of virtue which is not cult cultivated which is not brought about by thought therefore that virtue is love order and if you if the mind has not based has not established that as with deep roots which is immovable 
unchangeable. Then you can inquire into this whole movement of time, as we somewhat did. Then the mind is completely still, there is no observer, there is no experiencer, there is no thinker. And going, coming to that point, there are various forms of sensory and extrasensory perceptions, clairvoyance, healing, all kinds of things take place, but they are all secondary issues and a mind that is really concerned in the discovery of what is truth, what is sacred, will never touch all that. Because there are secondary issues. So the mind then is free to observe, then there is that thing which man has sought through centuries, the unnameable, the timeless, and no description, no verbal expression of it, the image that is created by that, by thought, completely and utterly ceases. Because there is no entity that wants to express it in words. That the mind, your mind, can only discover or come upon it when you have this strange thing called love, compassion, not only to your neighbour, but to the animal, to the trees, to everything, then such a mind itself becomes sacred. The final extract this week is from the sixth talk in Sanan, 1978, titled When You Understand Death, Time Has Come to an End. So if we end the way we are living, then there is a totally different beginning. Not I begin in totally differently, you because when you left attachment completely, there was no I beginning. There was a state of total freedom from a particular thing. And in that freedom there was a great sense of release, great sense of freedom, a new 
totally be new beginning without the anchors of a, of attachment so can you end what you call the living the worries the problems ending the problem never to carry it a single minute over because if you have a problem and you carry it over over and over and over and day after day for another year that deteriorates the brain so we're asking if you end the way one lives now there is a new beginning without the me and then death has no meaning then you don't ask what happens after my life right because you have ended the thing that you call living which is me with all my problems my anxieties my worries my problems follow will you do it oh say it's marvelous idea and carry on our daily monotonous useless life when you understand the full meaning of death and the ending of that it signifies time as such has come to an end i'm just talking to myself unless you do it time in the sense of non movement of hope and this whole inquiry is really a profound meditation because then in the total ending creation takes place then there is really an extraordinary sense of tremendous passion and energy which is not a reward ben finito basta